0: That That's a, That sounds that good. Sound You're not good? clipping or nothing. We no, are live. We're not
1: live. It's going to record. We're
0: recording. We're recording live.
1: We're live. Live <laughs> to record. Yeah. We're going to go see Scott. We're going to see Scott. It. We're
0: just doing an introduction first because we haven't opened up the conference officially on the show yet. We'll see you soon. We'll see you guys in a we'll little get bit. Good seats. All right. You want to open this thing up? Oh.
1: Welcome to 2022 Las Vegas Diocesan Conference. Conference. That's right. Hello, live from the Orleans Casino Hotel Resort uh, Food Court Arena. Food
0: Court? (laughs) This isn't the food court. We still got our bomb table, so shout out to Terry Wessels and Connie Clough for getting us our bomb table. Yes. On the end where everybody passes by. Everybody passes by us. We say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Uh, a lot of times, people think that we're information, so they come by, and they and then
1: we give them information. We give it them might the information. Not be what they
0: want? Yeah, it's it's not always the information that they want, but it's the information that they need. It's the information they deserve. It's the information that they need. <laughs> it's
1: not the information they want. It's the information they, they need. deserve. They deserve <laughs> the information they get.
0: Yep. So uh, Neil just got here. Yes, and I've been here for a hot minute and got a chance to interview uh, Tim Glamkowski, which we'll have on the show. Later. A little bit later, and uh, we got, uh, we're about to walk into Scott Hahn's show, or Scott Hahn's show. Scott Hahn's talk. Scott He's got the Hahn keynote tonight. What we're really excited about. It's going to be on the Eucharist, because duh.
2: Because
1: this is the year of the Eucharist. It's
0: not a year of the Eucharist. It's the Eucharist. We're in Might the midst well, of be. the Eucharistic revival. It's a three-year revival to revive people's devotion to the Eucharist. All right, that's the point. Being, bring people back to the heart of the church to enliven the people. Eucharist. Through the Eucharist to enliven people to go back out into mission of the world. Mission. Mission. Yeah.
1: Hashtag mission. Hashtag year of the Eucharist.
0: Hashtag, no, not hashtag year of the Eucharist.
1: Hashtag David's annoyed.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Terms matter. <clears throat> hashtag use, use hashtag, the right pronouns Hashtag. For the, <laughs> hashtag <for the> <laughs> I was just going to go.
1: I was trying to figure out how I could use pronouns. I yeah. like to control words. <laughs> and words matter. Words matter. That's the point. Yeah, all right. Because cool. if I can control the language, I can control you.
0: There you go. All right. So what else? Hey, guys. How's it going? So uh, today- We're not saying in the
1: house anymore. We're saying in the hizzy.
0: <laughs> and we're not saying in the
1: hizzy anymore. We're saying in the hibbity-dibbity. <laughs> Oh my goodness.
0: All right, so what are you excited about for this thing, dude? What's, what's, I don't know. What's, is it, is it the interviews for people? Pretty much. All right, cool.
1: I know, uh, low key, as your wife would say, but you know, like, I don't think I've gone to a workshop in five years. (laughs) I know
0: you haven't. (laughs) Well, COVID (laughs) did
1: help. We should just have outtakes of us saying hi to people. I know,
0: right? That's what this whole thing is. It's just a. Scott. That's why this is like Neil's thing, because he gets to he sees everybody, I like to see everybody in the He diocese. likes seeing everybody. He's like, oh, this is my favorite part. See everybody. Hey guys. Hello. See, there's more people we know. Cool. All right. What All else? Right.
1: Um, I don't know. Um, What was I thinking? Guy. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. So I am licking my wounds, because last night, the Bills played the Rams in the opening game. Okay. So when you guys listen to this, you will know what day we're recording. Three years from now, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> And the Bills don't play the Rams regularly because of different conferences, they play each other on a four year rotation. I did not know that. I know you don't because you don't yeah, sports. I don't. <laughs> but because they've introduced a the seventeenth game, there's an interconference game that comes up and there's a three year rotation, but this is all too blah, blah 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 blah. But whatever happened was that we could play the Bills this year halfway through our regular rotation. And because they're both great teams and the Rams get to host the opening game because they won the Super Bowl, they picked the Bills and said, this is going to be a great game for Thursday night, open the season, and everything's good. And at the end of halftime, it was 10-10, and it's like, oh, this is a pretty good game, blah, blah, blah. And then the Bills scored a touchdown, then they scored another touchdown, then they scored another touchdown, and I
0: lost. Oh, you bet against the Bills? I'm a Rams fan. Oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say, that's your wife's, That's like your wife's. That's
1: the rest of this story. <laughs> so I've already been getting hammered. I feel like
0: you shouldn't bet on that game at all.
1: Well, it, that's not even the point of betting on the game. It's the fact that my favorite team lost to my wife's favorite team. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's a And that's she's going to hold
1: that against me for two years. She said even if the Bills lose every game, they would have at least beat the Rams. And they won't because they're a good team.
0: And then I got Spur Duty. I got, oh, is he, is he a Bills fan, too? Oh, good. He's from Buffalo. He actually, he actually wants to come by the, the table and oh, talk Oh, good.
1: To he him. should talk to me about that. So him and his brother are all happy. From
0: Buffalo. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was born in Buffalo. So him and his brother are already giving me crap. My brother-in-law gave me crap. A guy that I buy rivets from gave me crap. <laughs> I, thank goodness the FedEx guy didn't come by because he's from Buffalo. He's going to give me crap. The UPA, the other FedEx guy, FedEx ground guy, is from Seattle, so he's already giving me crap because he's like, ah hi, your Rams suck. <laughs> Even while I'm talking to Fernando over there, Gerard came up and said, sorry about last night, buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been rough. That is,
0: that's pretty bad. That's but pretty it's bad. bad
1: that it's Lisa's team, and it's like the house divided yeah. game. Everybody's been talking about it like, oh, this is going to be great. And, oh, uh, we lost. And bad, too.
0: Yeah, that's not good. No.
1: Sorry. It's okay. I'm living with it. But yeah. but the fact is we lost two years ago, and we lost four years ago. That game we watched at the festival. Cause, oh, really? Yeah, because St. Francis does a, a, fe- a feast day festival, which works well with the autumn festivals yeah. that and other parishes all
0: over, do. all for St. Francis's feast day.
1: Yeah, so St. Francis' feast day is, what, October 2nd? October or? No, no, October 2nd uh Guardian Angel Day. Or is it October 4th? Third or fourth? What? Uh, St. Francis? Francis. Yes, but Guardian Angels the second. Okay. So the point is, it's always right there in the beginning of October. We always have a good festival. And well, what I love is we have a sports bar that has multiple TVs that we have, like those um, uh, mini satellite dishes that can get all these football games and some play- playoff baseball games, and everything's great. You know, you go, and then we have beer there. And the guy who pours the beer is the guy who uh, assessed my house. <laughs>
0: I never get the beer there because I'm always in charge of children. So
1: I know. Even when I was in charge of children, I think I drank beer. Wow. Oh, don't worry, you're on paternity leave. Okay. I was missing for a while, and Shannon's like, "Where have you been?" I said, "I, I thought you were in charge." <laughs> and then she's like, "What have you been doing?" And I'm like, "I've been sports bar. <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching the football game with Shane." And she's like, "Wait, are you talking about my dad?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Your dad and I were watching LSU for like." Forty-five minutes.
0: Oh no! He yeah. bought me like three beers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it went.
1: But I worked hard on Friday night.
0: That's good. I'm glad you worked hard. But but Saturday's the day, and Sunday is as nah, well. Yeah, but we busy. had my and Shannon. It busy.
1: was taken care of. Yeah. I, I was just there as a figurehead. All right, I we got to wrap there this, for this up ratios. because okay. my wife is going to be looking for me. Oh goodness! All right. 14 minutes to go. We got time. We but, don't have yes, time. We... It's going to start like right now. We it just saw at
0: seven. Scott no. Hahn just walk past, and everybody's over walking he past. Still needs stuff of stuff. Or stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, so There's we'll things. wrap it up. Yeah, let's yeah. wrap it up.
1: So that other game we watched at the St. Francis Festival where the Rams lost again. Yes. So since I've been married to Lisa, I'm 0-3 against your team. So I don't know. Wow,
0: if that. that's funny. Yeah. It's, it's the curse. That's what it's it is. That, that's it's just right. a it's just a sign. You're going to be 0-3 to Lisa forever. In everything. In everything, yeah.
1: <laughs> but not in children. Not in children. Because we're going to have two kids. Well, we have two kids. Well, unless you have another one. No, 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 because as people do not realize, I am in full control (laughs) of how
0: many children we have. Yeah, I could sell you one of mine. I don't want any of yours.
1: (laughs) Even the one that's technically mine, by law of God. (laughs) I don't want that one the most.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's rough.
1: I might even inherit her if the. If might the, be a daughter-in-law uh, if the what's it called? <laughs> the betrothment works if out. The betrothment
0: works. I, you give me three goats, I give you my daughter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's the <a> dowry? Goats.
0: <laughs> three goats. No, my, no less, no more. No.
1: Three goats. Good, good, good. Uh, all, right. all right. Well, we'll Let's... go see Scott Hahn, and then we'll, we'll come back and talk how about it. Goes, it. and if we get any interviews with any um, clergy or. People we know,
3: will let you know. This is Auxiliary Bishop Gregory Gordon of the Diocese of Las Vegas, and you are listening to Among Wolves.
0: Oh. And we're back. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, um,
1: oh, wait, I got to talk to Dr. Andy.
0: Okay, we'll wait. And we're back. Time again.
3: Two. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Cool. So, uh, what what just happened? Give us a play by play. What did we just do?
1: Hello, See, hey guys, ladies are coming by to say hi. Uh, All right. What,
0: what, you want and me to we're back again. Third time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what just what what just happened? What did we what did we just come from, Neil? We
1: listened to Doctor Scott Hans' uh-huh. um, workshop. No, no, that's a keynote. We should, that's a keynote, keynote speaker. Yep. Uh, we got to hear Connie introduce everything. We got a song or two. We got to listen to uh, GLT. GLT. He talked for about a good 10 minutes. It was pretty nice. It was great. Um, some emotional stories. Yeah. Plus, you got a you know, love in Las Vegas. And, and then our good buddy and friend of the show. Friend uh, of the show. Bishop Gordon. Yep. Came up and he said, uh, you know, to welcome Scott Hahn. Yeah. And then. Uh, he said
0: to make sure to check out Among Wolves. Yeah. Um, he,
1: I think he said that. I don't. I, mean, I think the
0: microphone might have cut out, but he definitely but said it. That's what he meant. <laughs> he said it at one time, maybe not at that time.
1: So um, did you want to summarize everything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so
0: I wanted to talk about, first of all, GLT opened it up the night, which was awesome, and he gave, he gave that little talk. We had the five goals on it, which was great. Um, and I, I was trying to go through and, like, just wanted to recap the five goals that, that he had listed off because that's for our diocese, and you know, I'm like – this is like what our bishop wants from us and I think that that's kind of a cool thing to, to think about talk about so the first one was this like centering yourself on the Eucharist type thing and so um, that was it like making the Eucharist the source and summit but like he the way he laid it out was like at every degree so at the diocesan at the parish in my personal life you know is is the is the Eucharist source and summit of my personal life you know that and I thought that was kind of cool like this is what this is the number one goal that he wants from the revival that's what he's looking for
1: yeah, and it's great that he brings this up because it is hashtag year of the Eucharist. It's not
0: the year. Okay, every year is the year of the Eucharist, <laughs> but this
1: one's more.
0: No, this is the Eucharistic revival. That's a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was number one, right? And then one. number number two, two. was um, to emphasize teaching and preaching on the real presence of the Eucharist at every level. And that was that was the thing that he was that he said there as well. I was like, oh, yes, that's awesome because you know a lot of times whenever you hear. Um, Teaching on the Eucharist, a lot of times you're not hearing about the real presence here. What you're talking about is like how uh, Jesus has no hands but ours and we are the body of Christ. That's a lot of times what you hear whenever you hear about the teaching of the Eucharist, which is all true. But his emphasis was this idea of um, making sure that we are rooted in the reality that God is present in his church. Like that's it. A, and I love the fact that he didn't he didn't dwell on the fancy theological language. He didn't say, you know, knowing the transubstantiation. Trans- or,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> or being able to uh, articulate the philosophy that's there. He said no, just
1: He didn't it, talk about the essence of mashed potatoes. No,
0: he didn't. Oh well that's a great that's a great show too. But <laughs> did we do that? We did episode episode on this, right? No,
1: well we did magical bags of meat. Was that into was that into
0: the Eucharist? I can't remember. Listeners, was. let us know. I don't, yeah, don't, that was like episode two. We don't but remember. But there was a Red Lobster <laughs>
1: trip where we did talk about the essence of potatoes.
0: Yes, there was, and it was, and it worked out. I don't remember exactly how. I
1: don't know, but <laughs> GV and Kate got the first-hand theology from
0: <laughs> Father Neil, right? <laughs> but that was great, and um, so that was the second one. The third one was the um, the art of celebration. Yeah. He talked about. That was primary for the for the pastors or the, or the and the priests that he was talking about about like. Um, no, not getting into the routine of celebration and making it like, this is the, like kind going of ble- the bleeding into what, yeah, don't just going through the motions, but kind of bleeding into what uh, Scott, Dr. Scott Hahn had said about the Eucharistic, uh, Eucharistic amazement and being able to have that on a daily basis when you're sacrifice, when you're offering the sacrifice of the mass every single day, not making it um, just, a jobby job, you know, it's got to be, job. it's got to be a real thing. And I like that for the, for the, um, pastors, but I also like that for us. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times I've gone to mass and just been like going through the motions and not really thinking about what's going on and just like, you know, trying to keep yeah, the kids quiet and still, or just like doing it right. Trying to keep Isaac from yelling at people and, and yeah, I know
1: <laughs> Isaac and Henry.
0: Yeah. Calling or, out to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Testing the acoustics. So I like I that. And then um, fourth was, four. do you remember four? No. Honestly, I, I don't even remember him going over all these. <laughs> You're terrible. This, yeah, this was the whole point of his thing. This, yeah, yeah, Okay, the four was. Uh, it was very moved, though. Yeah, it was. It was, it was very moving. Was okay, help me out. What's fourth? Fourth, I think fourth might have been the actual talking about going out. I think that might have been the being the hands and hands and feet of the body of Christ out in the world and, and brothers and sisters. Um, I think that that's what it was very community-based. I remember four was. Um, so we'll have to have somebody come by later and correct me. But then the last one was that full act of conscious participation. Five. So, yeah, number five was the full act of conscious participation of everybody. And I, I did actually um, a whole talk on, on – this idea uh, with our catechists, this idea of like full active and conscious participation, what does that actually mean? Well, in the liturgy, what God God is the one who's doing the work, right? God, is, Jesus is the one; he's offering his the sa- his sacrifice to the Father. That's what that's what he's doing, you know. And we he's just it's being represented, and we're participating in it. So that's a very passive participation, even though we call it active participation, right? But so that's a passive participation. And what does the church kind of define as as like? The active participation. Well, the 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 basic line of the active participation is showing up, right? That's the that's the um, uh, one of the first precepts of the church. You show up at all uh, Sunday masses and holy days of obligation, right? And then from there, you're able to like depending on your capabilities to be able to enter in according to your capacity. Like for Isaac, it's just showing up, right? That's right. his capacity, right? For Henry, it's just showing up. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> barely that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, and then for, for the rest of us, we just kind of we, we where is our capacity to be able to enter into the liturgy? You know, some of us we, we can we can sing well and we enter in that way um, mm-hmm. sing very very eloquently. Some of us yeah, don't, so but we sing anyway, one. you know. And we enter in that way so this idea of like entering in at your capacity um, and doing it as best you can at your capacity. And so that was that was kind of cool. That I liked that piece. What do you think of? Um, and it
1: all comes back to one.
0: I don't know what that is.
1: Don't you know that? What's it called,
0: though?
1: It's like the R&B song. One, da 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 da, 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 da Oh, two. yeah, that's,
0: that's uh, Brian McKnight, right? That's it. Oh. Yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. One, you're like a dream come true. Two, just wanna be with you. All right, so Scott Hahn's thing. What'd you think?
1: Um, It was pretty good. Yeah? I mean, I think it was well, more Eucharist, because hashtag year of the Eucharist. And, uh... <laughs> I don't know, I think it was a long way of pointing out that you have to sh- have the, what is it, to have the sacrifice of Good Friday, work with Holy Thursday's institution of the Eucharist.
0: Right, that was a big part of it, yeah.
1: That was the big thing at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because what he basically was doing, and he does this in a book, and I and I can't remember which one it is, but it's... um one of his books where he's talking on the Eucharist. And what he's doing is he's showing how um, the sacrifice of the cross is intrinsically tied to the Eucharistic meal at the Holy Thursday. And he uses it by, by looking at the, the Passover of Exodus, right, because that is a sacrifice and a meal. But the sacrifice of the Passover happens in reverse, right? So the lamb is sacrificed, and then and you have the you meal. meal. Because you and, need to sacrifice. Right, anybody. right. And then Jesus, you because can't have
1: he's... the meal for... What is this, Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> you got to pass around the cake before you cut it.
0: <laughs> but Jesus does it the other way around. He he, he has he the meal, everybody, then he and does. then he offers the sacrifice, which is the meal.
3: And now a word from our sponsors. And we're back.
0: Times four. Times. four. All right. Four times, fool. <laughs> All right.
1: Oh, no, but one thing I was going to say is... I remember listening to, I think it was a cl- one of those uh, one of those classes on CD. What? One of his? No. Oh. Um, I can't remember who, who made these, but I listened to some. They were like, um, they were like college courses that they put on CD. So nice. they were like seven or so lectures. Lectures or something on hour long things. And the first ones I listened to were like on the Roman Empire and things like that. Nice. And- And I can't remember what this other one was. I found it was like early Christianity or something. But one thing they were pointing out was a lot of stuff was early Paul writings. Yep. I don't know how real right all this is. And it was a lot of explanation to tie in Christ's story to the Messiah, to put it in the Messiah's story into the lamb sacrifice story. And kind of mixing it all together because you know, the first century Jews were hoping for the Messiah not to save their souls, right, but right. to save them from the their Romans. Kingdom, right. And say, he was supposed to come here like Rambo and, right. and save us. Yeah. But this guy didn't do it. Yeah. And that's not why only it's did he not do it, he went on the cross and was humiliated. Screw that guy. <laughs>
0: I love that's all he heard. (laughs) That's that's uh, that's why it's so interesting. The the language that's used. It's the good news. It's the gospel. It's the evangelion, right? Because that's that's what the um, the herald would proclaim. Like whenever Caesar would go in, or Rome would go in, they'd conquer a place. They'd send a herald ahead of time, and they would say, like, hey, you've been uh, – you, congratulations. Congratulations.
1: You've now been conquered and been yes, part of the Roman Empire. you are now Empire. part – this is
0: good news. You are now under the, the, the law you know, of the son of God, Caesar, right? And the, you know how it, crappy it was before? Yeah. Now it's awesome. <laughs> right. That's why I now love – Now we will oppress you. <laughs> that's why I love that scene in um, Infinity War where they have the guy who comes out, and he's like – Hear me and
2: rejoice.
0: You have had the privilege – ...of being saved
1: by the great Titan. You may think this is suffering. No. It is
2: salvation. Universal scales... ...tip toward balance because of your sacrifice. Smile.
0: For even in death... ...you have become children of Thanos that's literally what rome was doing and so the, then we taking that word and then attributing it to in the, uh, using it in the gospels and then making that like yeah this is a herald it is the conquering language but the conquering wasn't a conquering of of physical strength and physical powers against um a worldly enemy but it was a it was a uh, it was divine sacrifice that um Beat a, a Im, immortal and uh, enemy, you know. And I thought that that was really cool.
1: No, I'm just yeah, because I'm just kind of saying the way I I took it, or as if I listened to it with my cynical mind, it's like Paul's just trying to do a good PR job for this guy who said he was the Son of God. <laughs> He's supposed to be the Messiah. He's not what we imagined or hoped or pictured the Messiah to be. Then the Messiah to us, it's like. There's Star Wars sequels, but that's not how it was in my head, so these suck. (laughs) So this messiah is not the way I pictured him, so it sucks. (laughs) So he's like, no, 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 don't think of it this way. Think of it it. this way. It's the ultimate PR? Yeah, it's the no spin zone, it's the all spin zone. This is uh, uh, Jesus' PR campaign done by Paul. Done by Paul. Remember that thing with the lamb and the thing and the this? I got that. Yeah. So don't think of him like this. Don't think of him as Rambo. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the fundamental issue with that is that uh, um, a it, it's a it's a historical critical method approach to scripture, which on the one hand has its value, but uh, on the on the other hand, it's um, it's lacking in that its first premises or it's it's a um, underlying premises or the assumed premises. Um, discount the the ability for, like, miracles and for um, future telling. So whenever Jesus, like, predicts the destruction of the temple and stuff like that, they're like, oh, then this has to have been written after that fact. The uh, problem with that is uh, that gives you a much later date for the gospel writings and a much earlier date for Paul's writings, which, granted, it's probably still possible that um, the earliest writing is First Thessalonians, which is in the early 50s, maybe late 40s. Uh, but the earliest gospel, um, I, th- I I think Mark was probably written first, but I also think Mark was probably written before Peter died in like fifty six or whatever like that. So, so I think that because I think if if uh, since martyrdom was was very much prized, I think it would be silly not to include that in yeah. Mark's gospel.
1: Martyr- martyrdom was the rave of it the 50s. It was all about
0: the, it was all about the things in the it 50s. Was, uh, the original 50s. greasers, greasers and
1: uh, <laughs> cars with fins
0: and martyrdom. And martyrdom that was that was what it was. You mean uh, chariots with fins? Chariots with fins, <laughs> and they Wouldn't cruise. that be great if that was a thing.
1: Oh, you they should redo. <laughs> we could redo American Graffiti. Use the exact same script,
0: but Ex- except have Vin Diesel <laughs> driving a chariot. You know, you know how he lives life, <laughs> one quarter mile at a time. But it wouldn't be quarter mile. It'd be like
1: a million cubics,
0: <laughs> <laughs> thirteen hundred cubits at a time. <laughs>
1: And it's all about family. That's all about family.
0: That'd be great. See, yeah, isn't it like
1: in American Graffiti? Like someone's supposed to, like they're all graduating, but like someone's got to ship off to war or something. I've
0: never seen American Graffiti. Oh.
1: Well, now we got to watch it. Yeah, we. Gotta I watch haven't it. seen it either. Oh, so I like what we this. do is we remake American Graffiti, but make it all chariots.
0: All chariots, just only. And chariots. And if
1: someone's got to go to war, then he's got to go off on a campaign to conquer Gaul. <laughs> But Gaul would have already been conquered 100 years earlier. But yeah, doesn't work. It doesn't
0: matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's our Gaul. version. New Gaul. It's a revisionist history. It's like uh, it's like a, a Tarantino film where he rewrites how history yeah, yeah. actually that's happened. That's not what happened. Yeah, him. we're totally just like Tarantino.
1: Yeah, we're just like Tarantino.
0: <laughs> All right. And then, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so that'd be, that's kind of the fundamental issue with, with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's just that's... But it is interesting stuff. That's
1: the way... It, that's not the way really the... Professor was teaching it, I guess, but that's the way I was kind of taking it from the way he was teaching it because you were seeing that right. all this, you know, sacrifice, Lamb of God part stuff was all done after the fact, after the fact, right. in like retrospect. And it seemed like you're saying it's like a cover, not a cover up, but more like a spin or a yeah. uh, padding up the story, like, oh, yeah, American hero.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that would work if like Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead. If that was like the if, if this was if this was purely literature and not uh, not lived reality, and so I think fundamentally, if like we think about how the gospels came about or any of the New Testament came about, it's first it's the lived experience of the apostles, then it's the uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm out, and then how much did you spill of that wine? Not a lot, not a lot. Wow,
1: how much did you spill
0: down your gullet? Yeah, I drank a lot of it real fast.
1: Well, it like speaking of Jesus, <laughs> I was thirsty. Uh, <laughs> that's how Jesus went into town. I'm pretty thirsty. I need eat some wine. <laughs> and I got to tell the local people how they're jerks. <laughs> well,
0: it, all right. So it was the lived experience of the of apostles tree. with Jesus. And then it was the oral tradition. So they would talk about it and preach about him because Jesus didn't say, go and write this. He said, go and do this. Right. And then lastly, oh, that's the, the end par- of life. People's lives. It was the we're writing stuff down. That's
1: the part I like the most.
0: What? You, which part? Because he's
1: like, don't write this down. He never said. He I want you but, to write this. I want you to do this. That's right. Do this in memory of me. Right. All that's like. And I
0: love that line. It, it of, was a sacrament before it was a testament. Ta- I'm like, oh. No, a no, sacrament
1: was, before it was a, a document. A document. Yeah. And the document proves that it's a sacrament.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that line. That was a great line.
1: Yeah, but the fact that it's due, it's kind of like the, um, the um, preach the gospel and sometimes use words kind of thing. It's due, due, due. Yeah. Like, it's like where good works means more than just praising or, or not praising, but, um, Proclaiming,
0: right? You know, it was a, a it was a hand in hand. What I the, do. right, right? But it was both because you had to actually say the words in order to actually do the deeds. Oh yeah, no, right. but
1: that's my point. Is it's your actions speak louder than words. I want you to go and break the bread. I want you to celebrate right. mass. I want you to go and have your, um, you know, your your meal and tend to your flock. I don't want you to be like. I don't want you to be working on your thesis. On what right, I right. did, I want you to go out there. I want that's, you to be a trade. A, go to trade school.
0: <laughs> that's one of my of, beefs though, that I have about. Like, uh have you watched the Chosen at all yet? No. Okay. I mean, so yeah. In the, in the but sec- remind me the part <laughs> in the second season they have uh, they have. Oh, Matthew. there's two seasons. There's two seasons right Just now. Just like Testaments, they have they have Matthew right now, and Matthew's like literally taking notes like so to write his gospel well, and he's yeah. like Jesus Jesus takes him off to the side and he's like he's like oh this is what we're going to do Matthew we're going and so Matthew's writing all this stuff down as he if would, he's
1: writing. No, Matthew was keeping tabs on how much they were spending cuz he's going to deduct <laughs> those on their taxes
0: <laughs> that's probably more accurate but that's that's one of those things that's he's like
1: i bet you we could write this off as a charitable right cuz
0: <laughs> Jesus was never about like hey guys i need you to write this book hey guys i need you to do no it was all about hey guys you need to walk with me live with me teach with me preach with me
1: Do what I do. Yeah,
0: go out and preach, heal, and exercise people because that's what they—that's what literally what he gave them permission to do. That was it. That's why they were skinny because they exercised them. That's a different kind of exorcism. They were skinny in spirit. I don't. don't They were all skinny back (laughs) then. Yeah, they were. They were all ripped and skinny. I've seen paintings. I've seen. That's how my Jesus is. Hella ripped, ripped and skinny. (laughs) You
1: know why? Because he worked out and got swole for the Lord.
0: Swole for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, he works out at the Lord's gym. Do you remember those shirts? Yeah, I do remember those shorts. Lord's gym. Lord's Lord, Jim doing like
1: push-ups with the cross on his back. <laughs> that
0: was very nineties. Sure was. They're always tank tops too. Because <laughs> I got to show off my guns. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, also, last night it was pretty nice
0: though. What's what's pretty nice?
1: Well, when we because we wanted to watch the football game because my team's playing Lisa's team, which doesn't happen often. It's a big deal game, and. Before, I wanted to go to the game. And what's funny is before, like, Lisa's like, hey, you know the Bills? I said, hey, you know the Bills are going to play the Rams in L.A.? And she's like, ooh, maybe we can go to that. And I'm like, this is the first time you've actually wanted to go to a game.
0: I want to hear who won. Huh? Who won the
1: game? The, the Bills. Bills won.
0: It's, it's a very points. sore subject in his household. Great. Oh, good.
1: Oh, that's my oh wow. That's Everybody, nice everybody's Rams. coming in. Everybody's Everybody's team. To, 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 Rub it in. team, but mine. He's the only Rams fan. He's the only Rams fan uh, here. There was one guy who sat in the front row. Who was a Rams fan, and I said hi to him.
0: Hey, anybody else excited that the Bills won yesterday? Who's excited that the Bills won? <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, she, so I'm like, oh, finally, you're excited to go to a game. Maybe we can actually drive down and go to a yeah, game. Yeah, that
0: would be great. I said
1: the only problem is if it's a Thursday or a Monday game.
0: It was a Thursday game. It, it was
1: Thursday game because yep. then you got to take Thursday off because you got to drive down there and the game starts at five because we're on the West Coast, not eight in the East Coast. So you got to take the whole day off so you get down there. Then you pretty much got to take the next day off because you got to go home, right, and all that. So it, it just didn't work out. So we decided not to go. Then she's like, "Oh, we can go out. We can go to a bar. We can do this and like have a date night and and whatever and see if we could um uh Go, you know, watch it together, and it'd be great. And I was like, okay, cool. As the the days got closer, she's like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna go out. As I roll my eyes, I'm like, <laughs> all right, all right, we'll just watch it with the boys and whatever. Are you gonna go to Bis like in the third quarter too? No, no, I'm not gonna go. Or whatever.
0: <laughs> so she stayed. For so a
1: here, yeah, I know. I was surprised she did it. Still, so. yeah. but then <sighs> when I got home, she was really sweet, and she made like 50 things of appetizers. Like if it was a Super Bowl party, oh that's super cute. Like there were pigs in the yeah. blanket, there were little pizza rolls in the just for you two. Well, and the boys. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and she made her buffalo dip, her chick- buffalo oh. chicken dip, which is really good. It's like cream I cheese. Had, I think I've had that. You might have. It's it's you know chicken buffalo sauce I think with I've cream had that and cheese. Over there. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's. And Robert was loving it, even though it was hot. And he every time he eats something hot, he goes, ah, "That's the fire. That's the fire." <laughs>
0: So, bye. bye, good night. Bye, good night. So,
1: I'm like, this is so sweet. She put all this time, like, we had all these little things, and we're watching it. And, and then I think she got so overwhelmed because, like, when, we, when I got home, Robert's like, the Rams are playing! Pounding <laughs> <laughs> his chest. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. So he wore his Rams jersey. I went upstairs, put my jersey on. I put my hat on. Nice. I and then, put, then you lost, and then we lost. That's I even so put a Bills shirt on Henry just Aww, so that just so it's even. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. He'll pick his own team. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. But what's funny is I um is um for my Super Bowl party every year, I make these invitations that are like a like a, a little not what do you call it a not a photoshop but it's a cheap old photoshop that I do with like paint or something <laughs> and <clears throat> paint <laughs> yeah and uh what I do is I uh is I try to take whatever um the the city that's hosting the Super Bowl and I find uh um what's it called um some pop culture reference to it oh that's funny and I use my friend Brian and I cuz it was originally Brian started this party like him at his house and sooner or later, it kind of, kind of took over, and then it later moved to my house and stuff. So, so what I did is I've made it, <clears throat> you know, uh, a yeah, uh, uh, and Neil presents the Super Bowl or whatever. Nice. So, it you know, like what's it called when it was in Minnesota? I did Grumpier Old Men, which was more of a deep, deep cut because not everybody remembers Grumpy Old Men. Yeah. And the fact that it takes place in Minnesota, but there's right. a I picture- wouldn't
0: have known that. I've seen yeah. the movie, but I wouldn't have remembered. Right, it right. So I
1: found the poster of it. and I put Brian, my faces on, yeah, that's and funny. it's instead of Sophia Loren and Anne Margaret, I put Lisa and Emily's faces on, his <laughs> wife and my wife. <laughs> and everybody's like, okay, I don't get as much. And so I'm like, all right, don't make more sense later. But like when it, the Super Bowl was in Miami, it was Miami Vice with him and my faces on. Yeah, that's funny. And when it was in Atlanta, I did Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and. uh... <laughs> <laughs> and last year was in LA, and there was so many things we could have done. But I picked Dragnet, <laughs> nice. old school, old school. That's very old. So yeah. I did that one, and now I got to figure out what to do for Phoenix. But oh, is that w- where the Super Bowl is? That gonna it's, be? Yeah, it's going to be in Arizona. Arizona. I'm thinking raising
0: Arizona. But I hate Arizona, so yeah. I I, I've, well, we I still have to talk it. about that. I renounce it. So we well, haven't talked about that on the show. No, we haven't talked about Steubenville on the show. Not
1: really. You just said we it we talk cool. about it
0: all summers, did we?
1: No, we because we were going to talk about, like, Steubenville and my trip to North Carolina. You
0: sure didn't talk about either of those things,
1: huh? No. North Carolina wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. Yeah. Just kidding, the rental car sucked.
0: Yeah. Steubenville was all right, but it was hot, and Arizona sucks, and nobody should ever go there. Okay.
1: You know what's crazy about Arizona? Yeah. Like...
0: I'll be cold dead in my grave before. Recognize it? Yeah.
1: I don't... (laughs) What I love about it, it's like the antithesis of California. It's like, eh, do what you want. Yeah. You know what? If you want to keep a gun on the on your holster and walk into a golden corral, you can do it. Because I saw a guy, and he not only had a holster, like he had like wide herbs holster with like the bullets that go in the little slots in the belt. <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> like
1: crazy. I was like, this is awesome. And there's like Flash the cord. And I don't know how many motorcycles I've seen, but not one guy had a helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the lax or the n- low regulations. Of
0: course you do. You're a libertarian. <laughs> I hate regulations <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah. But I would wear a helmet. <laughs> but, but then, like, there was, like, one of my old bosses, he, was, he used to ride a motorcycle. He was like, if I'm crashing, that helmet ain't going to help me. <laughs> it
0: does. It, it does, yeah.
1: but similar. my head splattered like a watermelon at a Gallagher concert. There you go, kids.
0: I don't think most kids know who Gallagher is.
1: That's why I said that. But, you know, but whatever show, those are the things I love about Arizona.
0: All right, that's probably enough of uh, Neil and I chatting this up about. So let's go ahead and dive into some of our interviews that we recorded. This first one is an interview with Tim Glemkowski. Now, Tim did the uh, opening session for all the clergy and staff people for all the parishes, and he did a fantastic session talking about how to transform a parish from maintenance to mission. Interestingly enough, Tim is also like the, the head guy in charge of all the things for the um, – uh, eucharistic revival that's happening in, in, across the country and the big event that's going to be happening in 2023 or the 2020 i think it's 2023 anyway we talk about that we talk about the eucharist neil's on neil's not in this one because he showed up late because he had work and all the things we talk about it um on a bunch of clips that i cut out because this would be a 14-hour episode all right so uh to enjoy this uh enjoy this interview with tim glamkowski do you have to get really into it <laughs> like <laughs> it, it does it is better if you get a little bit in. It. I can turn this down so that way you, it's not, a bit, you don't okay. have to, you don't have to hear yourself in the in the thing there. Great. But I'll, I'll I'll mess with the levels here as we as we get going here but um so tell the tell people so this is um the the way the Diocesan conference one works whenever we do the episode is like it's Interview after interview after interview, so they're kind of all streamed together, and we cool. do interview, we do introductions about everybody at the at the very beginning. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, um, how you got involved with the um, Eucharistic Revival. Like, how did that even happen?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of asking God the same thing still. I uh, so i have been invited to be a member of the committee for evangelization and catechesis at the USCCB. So the way that that works, the Conference of Bishops, right? It's sort of their national organizing body that helps them do you know initiatives at a national level it's just actually like committees that have chairs that are voted on by the bishops and those uh, committees and some of the staff then invite uh, consultants so men and women to be just sort of like a voice in the meetings as the bishops discuss so there's a committee on evangelization and catechesis And uh, just with some of my work in that area, I'd been invited to be on the committee and they started talking pretty early about this Eucharistic revival project because it had actually been Bishop Barron when he was the committee head that had started it. And so Bishop Cousins was picking up this initiative and sort of driving it forward. And a lot of my work in like strategic planning and some of that different stuff, I was asked to actually like lead some of the initial conversations with all these ministry leaders to sort of say, what could this be? What could this look like? So from the beginning, I was connected to the revival project. And then when the bishops voted in November of 2021 to have a Congress, this like first National Eucharistic Congress in 50 years in Indianapolis, uh, it was just one of those moments where I was super called. Like God just really spoke and said to me, like, I want you to go do that. And so, I, I mean, I applied and had an interview and, you know, got hired as the executive director of this organization, but it was definitely one of those things I didn't see coming. So
0: That's really cool. I, I think the Eucharistic revival in itself is one of those things that nobody saw coming. Yeah Like I think Because um, whenever they started talking At first Like if you follow the patterns Of what was going on In the USCCB at the time There was a lot of like I think more more Anger and frustration With a lot of Amongst the bishops Fighting each other And so everybody was like Well is anything going to come from, from these meetings And then they b- made This beautiful document On the Eucharist And then from the document Comes this um, Comes this uh, I, I guess uh, uh, Renewal that we're, the, we're In the process now This three year renewal Thing that's going on and I, I was really encouraged by that. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm cynical by nature. <laughs> and so, like, I, I get worried that I'm like, it, uh, how do we make sure that this isn't something that's just becomes like, oh, good for us, we did a good thing, you know? Like, right. I, like I know that, that we, we lean on the grace of, of what Jesus is going to be doing in the sacraments, but there's that there's that concupiscence in us that we're like, oh, yeah, we did that thing, now it's all done, we don't have to do it again, right? That, you see what I'm saying? Like, how do we how do we let what God wants to do with this overcome like our own inclination to pat ourselves on the back for doing a good job?
3: Yeah, no, and it's, I think it's uh, we, kind of we talked about it in one of the last talks that we were just in, I sharing that quote from John Paul of, you know, he sees like a, a dawning of a new missionary age if we respond with generosity to the challenges of our time. And to me, the revival really – uh, rises and falls on local parish leadership. Like, are they going to take this year of the and year to really pray and reencounter Jesus himself personally, and then uh, start, like, asking him, like, and planning, like, alright, what are we supposed to do in light of, you know, sort of this vision? Those words, I think, are critical of w- what's the revival supposed to do? Well, it's supposed to heal us, form us, unify us, and convert us. You know, it's so, like all of those things are things that, you know, really at every level, right? It's so, like a revival, I heard someone say one time, it's supposed to do three things. It's supposed to help You know, uh, all of us who have become a little sleepy in our faith, wake up, right? Like us insider Catholics, you don't really engage. Wake up uh, to help nominal Catholics who are, you know, maybe call themselves Catholic but not really engaged, not really like participating in the life of the church to convert, right? To come and then supposed to you're supposed to see, start seeing kind of irregular and dramatic conversions. Like that's almost how you know when you look at the history of the church when God is doing revival, you start to see those things happening. And I think what we have to trust is that. God is saying, I want to do this. If we open ourselves up, if we begin praying, like I feel it happening in my life already, like my hunger for the Eucharist, like there's different healings happening in my life that like are really powerful. So I think we have to take, you know, God at his word that he wants to do it, but it really hinges on our local parish leaders going to say, we want to do this here. Otherwise it's just going to be a national thing and a great event and, you know, like a lot of people will encounter Jesus, but... The pervasive, you know, we just talked about it in the talks, like the, the the missionary opportunity of the church right now is the parish, and I think that's true of the revival as well.
0: Yeah, that's great because, like, I know one of the things that that uh, I'm experiencing a lot in in youth ministry is that, um, people are hungry for experiences, and oftentimes, what can really easily happen in in the courts of um, youth ministry or or whatever the temptation is to put on an experience that we know people are going to enjoy. You know what I'm saying? And that's fundamentally different than an experience where we know people are going to encounter the Lord. And that's, I think, the, the, the struggle of being able to recognize and find that balance. And um, that's what concerns me at the parish level. Of like, and that's why like, I was like, I'm glad that everybody's going to, to your workshop today because I was like, I read your book. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, you, you tied in a lot of Pat Lancioni, You tied in a lot of Sherry Waddell. And it felt like... Um, Oh I can't remember the, it was one of the other books rebuilt or or divine renovation where where they you know t- implementing the new evangelization type piece' and like it felt a lot like those but with more of like a, a practical step by step type thing I liked that a lot because the w- one of the easy things is to is to say like this I know that we're gonna get people to be like, oh, that was nice, or oh, that was a, I felt good about what experienced there. And I'm like, I don't necessarily care if you felt good about what you experienced. I, I care about whether you countered Jesus there or not, and that's um, and I and that I think is is my goal at the parish to help do. But I sometimes, and I know other people that listen to the show can feel like they're alone in that. So having people like you that that put out books like this and who um, come to Nobody comes to our diocese, so it's wonderful that you're here. <laughs> Come to our diocese and and be able to share this and say, like, oh, it's not just the crazy person at my parish that wants this stuff to be about Jesus and focused in on him, uh, but it's a not, it's a real thing that the bishops are trying to trying to get through and, and stuff like that. So,
3: yeah, and and so that's yeah, so like specifically my role with the revival now, right, is what you're describing, which is this National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in 2024. You know, God willing, eighty thousand plus people gathering there for you know, kind of an evangelistic yeah. conference. And so that's the exact fear that I think a lot of people have oh, yeah. is that it just is like kind of a, a, a rah-rah thing yes. for insiders where it's like, yeah, we come together, we feel good about us as a church, and then like, because there's going to be something always powerful about that many Catholics gathering together as a, as a witness, which I actually think is a good thing, like a sort of a powerful public witness in and in a, in a, a statement on the, the unity of the church across the United States, all this stuff's going to be really beautiful. But it's exactly what you said, like events themselves, it's kind of like um, a little bit in vogue now in ministry to talk about like, well, events are just, you know, they don't they don't have a lasting impact right. or something. It's like, well, Pentecost was an event, you know, like true. the feeding of the 5,000 was an event. Like right. these are, there's clearly like a, a need for moments of gathering and encounter in ministry. Uh, the Transfiguration is an event. There's not a ton of people there, but it's like, these are moments uh, that are are impactful, dynamic encounters. Uh, the road to Emmaus, right? Like these are the images that we're using to say. What we want this to be is a transformative encounter with Jesus Christ that bears fruit that lasts in the lives of those sent on mission for the life of the world attending the con- the conference, but also in terms of a renewed missionary sending of the church in the United States. Like I'm from Denver, we're we're the product in some ways in a, of an event. World Youth Day 1993, oh, yeah, our local church, yeah. Even, yeah. like indelibly marked by the the Holy Father coming there. I really think that this is going to be like the next moment like that, where people awesome. are going to like a kind of a bellwether moment for people to point to and say like. That was a big thing where the Lord really did something that that kind of had a crater-like impact in the church in the United States.
0: Yeah, that's whenever I talk about events here in the, in the diocese, that's one thing. Like whenever I do work with with the diocese or, or even at the parish, that's one thing that I always constantly try to emphasize is that events are not f- supposed to be for the sake of themselves. They're most supposed to be catalysts for something, catalysts for a relationship with Christ, catalysts for uh, re- renewed um, uh, worship. You know, wh- whatever it happens to be. Um, but sometimes it's very, very difficult to get over um, to be able to get that in focus. You know, like sometimes we have like the, the stupid parameters that we create for ourselves. Like, uh, you know, I, I write a lot of retreats, or so a retreat has got to be from from Friday to sa- to Sunday afternoon. Well, that's a lot of time. Well, what are we going to? Well, let's just throw in a bunch of this stuff that people like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, so it becomes a, a very, a very big temptation for us at the at the ground level to to steer away from that. And it's a hard thing to steer away from because we know people like that kind of stuff sometimes. And so it's really easy for us to be like, oh, people really, really like this activity. Well, what does it have to do with Jesus? But if people really like it. So, you know, yeah. there's some value to that of like just like entering in. But, it, but that can very much easily say I'm going to throw in a lot of that stuff so people will like what I did, you know. And it's, so it's one of those things that we just got to try to back off of, but it's not an easy easy task to do so. And I think it requires a lot of prayer on our part and uh, a lot of our own sitting in front of the Eucharist um, and our own personal devotions to be able to say, like, this isn't going to be about me. It's not going to be about um, how many people I bring to this event, and it's not going to be about any of those things. It needs to be about people encountering Jesus. That's what it needs to be
3: about. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, Like, I think... um... It's exactly what you said where as our programming team starts to work on the, co- the content of the Congress, you know, there's sort of a, a need to be really, like, diligent and protective almost of, like, the vision where you're like, how do we keep this, like, a rushing river that's sort of, like, going toward this, uh, this end versus just kind of like, we did a lot of cool stuff or, like, right, exactly. you know, like we did things and they were fun or they were different or unique. Like, um, I, I see that temptation there for sure. And, yeah, I think, like, like the whole revival, right, we've been saying with everything, We're trying to start a fire, not a program. Right. right? We're trying to create a movement, a grassroots movement of of Catholics who are just kind of like, like there should be stuff happening in the revival that I never know about. Like, ideally, like just, you know, personal conversions, but also like initiatives. Like I just heard the other day, all the priests of a diocese uh, in the south somewhere are gathering for – Like a holy hour and dinner once a month in their deaneries. That's awesome. Nobody knows. It's just like they're just saying, like we just want to fall more in love with the Eucharist together. You know, like this. They're just committing to it. So it's like that's great. That's that's that image of grassroots move. But the movement needs a moment. Like you said, it's got to be a catalyst for like we're we're heading on pilgrimage toward this moment and then leading from it on mission. Um, So there is a place for that in a broader ministry context, but without the broader context ministry just becomes yeah event and then we look forward to the one next year exactly. and then the next year like yeah. um I, so I think that's a good point i'd like your word of catalyst yeah
0: yeah okay so i got i got two two last things for you that i'd like to talk about one is i'm sure you've heard this before you have a very similar speaking cadence to bishop baron you
3: admit i am hearing this more and more i think in my old age like as i'm as i'm becoming a senior uh, gentleman uh, now that i'm an, an old dad I, like this is this year, I've probably heard that from, like, ten different people it's now. It's super funny. It's super yeah. funny. It's But, it, like, until this year, never. Like, no one like, – Really? I, or maybe, maybe, like, once or twice. I don't because know.
0: Because you're speaking cadence, you, you, have, you have a lot of the same rhythms, a lot of the same way that your voice comes out and emphasizes. It sounds a lot like Bishop Barron. I was, I was like, maybe it's a Chicago thing but because I, I don't know that many people from Chicago. But, um, but, but I always thought that that was really interesting because I heard you on a, a reel or something somewhere – and I was like, "Hey, that sounds like." And then I, and I was like, "Oh, that's not that's not Bishop Barron. This is the guy I'm going to go see later."
3: No, our <laughs> friend Josh Wadenbarger, yeah. our mutual friend here. He one time he was like watching or a talk of mine was up on a laptop or something, and his wife walks in the room and is like, "Oh, what like what's Bishop Barron talking about?" Oh, and that's he's so like, funny. Oh, "No, it's Tim." Like, it, <laughs> it, it, I, this is the weirdest. So thank you, I guess. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could literally put out uh, little audio clips of yourself saying stuff and just put it out there. People think it's Bishop Barron, it'll be misquoted all over the place. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. It's going to be like a deep fake or something <laughs> exactly. like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Second thing is, like, uh, um, uh, we, we talk about a lot of, like, entertainment books and, and, and various things on there. What's the last, like, good um, either book or movie or series or whatever happens to be that you read and said, like, this has value to to itself or to me or to my family or whatever it was that you that you engaged with.
3: Hmm. What an interesting question. Yeah. I kind of I kind of see. I'm weird where I get real philosophical about like everything I ingest media wise. So like like I watched the movie Back to the Future. On a plane last year. And I remember, like, for like two weeks after, I thought about like changing American culture and generational, you know, things that mattered to people. And, like, or the Beatles Get Back documentary uh, last December. Same thing. I like it, like, I watch things and they really like sit with me and I like ponder them a lot. (laughs) Uh, I watch the. so I'd say those two in a weird way. I watched the um The Godfather one and two okay. a couple weeks ago. And those weirdly like I think they're an interesting sort of like reflection on Michael Corleone is sort of like put in these situations where what he the things he does aren't like really who he is, but like he just kind of allows like the need to like maintain power in the family and all that stuff, like kind of like t- so it's a, kind of an interesting reflection on like Sin and kind of how it I, like, and, and how it changes us and morphs us and he's alone at the end right he gets isolated at the end So I think those are kind of uh, interesting But again I just kind of look at Everything kind of gets filtered through that lens of like I don't know Trying to understand I think that's my like my heart is trying to understand Like what is God doing in his church right now And where's the world at and so I think these a lot of these media pieces that are reflections of like where culture's at and going. Oh yeah, really strike me um, and leave me wrestling. I guess.
0: Yeah, the Godfather still has the best baptism scene of all time. Yeah, we've been thumbing
3: He's like, yeah, yeah, people are getting murdered. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: But well, that's great. Cool. All right. Um, anything else that you wanna you wanna share about the work that you're doing? Anything that's uh, that we should be looking forward, or anything that we should be doing as like at the parish level, of like getting ready uh, for the Eucharistic con or the Eucharistic revival to kind of hit the parish level? Because right now it's like very much at the diocesan level of like you know where we're trying to uh, convert our priests and and help them fall re fall in love with the Eucharist. Um, and so people are asking, like, "Hey, are we this the?" They, people will often say to me, "Are we in the year of the Eucharist?" Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're used to that as a church. Exactly. Like, um, yeah. no, the three-year process for sure. I mean, it's yeah, it's this year. It's if you're engaged enough to know what's going on, it's it's let Jesus love you, like fall in love with Jesus in the Eucharist. I mean, for the Congress, we're going to open registration in early 2023. So be on the lookout okay. for that. Like parish groups, uh, families, we're going to try to make it really. As easy as we can for families to get there and affordable because yeah. um, that's t- just hard you know like for like families to sometimes get to events all together so look for registration coming out few of those things yeah yeah
0: well we'll definitely be there as uh among wolves my counterpart and i neil whitney he's not here right now but we'll definitely be there but not as a uh, let's not, re-record at the at congress the let's do that. our goes. next the next time we speak we'll be there it'll <laughs> that'd be, be perfect great. Yeah. that'd be great <laughs> yeah. all right man thank you so much for for taking the time and and uh, um uh sitting with me for a little bit to talk to talk about what the work's going on in the eucharistic Con- congress or conference or what are we the eucharistic revival that's what i'm going to say yeah all thank right? you david i appreciate yeah, it good being man. with you
3: yeah
0: Hey guys, this interview takes place on day two with Anna Forsberg, and Neil Whitney is is there with us for this one, which is awesome. And Anna is the uh, director of children's ministry over at Holy Spirit Catholic Church on the west side of town over here, and she also served as our MC for the weekend. We have a fantastic uh, discussion. We talk a little bit about uh, the Queen and God rest her soul, since she had just passed um, during this, or just during during or before the conference here. And overall, it was just a great conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi! Hi! How's it going? It's
2: going good, thank you. Tell the
0: wonderful people of Internetland who you are.
2: (laughs) I'm Anna Forsberg.
0: I'm a British girl. You are a British girl. A British girl. That's what I get. I'm so sorry for your loss yesterday (laughs) or the other day. Was it yesterday?
2: A couple days ago. It was a couple of days ago. A couple days ago. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you. Explain. uh, So I know it's like I have poor social keys to me. I have poor social skills. (laughs) But it seems to me that this was a really big deal. Yes. Explain. She is all we have ever known. She's all... Okay. So like your Pope. Well, yeah, but like but six popes. we've had
2: several Popes, haven't we?
1: Yeah. we had six Popes and 14 Presidents. Uh,
0: over, her, over her thing? Because she reigned for like 70 years or something? 1952. She is
2: the longest
1: serving
0: reigning. and monarch reigning monarch ever? ever. Is ever? Ever. Wow. Yes. That's amazing.
2: Yes. What a sacrifice. No kidding.
0: Now, how, she... old is, how old is Charles? Because he's not a young guy.
2: 72... I don't know his age. I just see his ears.
0: You see his ears. <laughs> well, your ears keep growing.
1: You're, it's like the cartilage part of your he, ears he and has, nose keep growing. He has
2: noticeable ears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is true.
2: But we'll see how I, we'll see how he does. But now, yes. what is,
0: what are their current re, current responsibilities of a mark? Do you know Do you know any of this stuff? Like. I don't even know why I'm asking about the government.
2: No, like the British girl should know all this, shouldn't she? But no, I think um, you Americans know probably a lot more than I do because you love our monarchy and our royal
0: family. Watch the crown. I don't watch the crown. Um, Watch it, then
1: you'll learn everything.
2: There's a lot more responsibilities than... uh, then I think we give them credit for it's not just kind of a right, right, because I know they're it's doing not just something. A figurehead. You know, She opens, she opens parliament every year, yes. you know, and although she's not got any, she governs, yeah. but even though she's not part of the government, and, she, and but, she's head of the church, and she is head of the church, she's of head of the church. God yes. save the queen.
0: Now, do you say still say God save the queen now, or do you say God no, save the king God now? God save the king, yeah. God save the king, that makes sense.
2: I think that change happened immediately. Yeah,
0: it did. He
1: was already set so. up. He was already called Charles III. Wow.
2: King Charles. Yeah. King Charles. King Charles III. So it was KC And, K- and three. Queen Con- Consort. So that's
0: why I was wondering if you still say God Save the Queen, but you, you would say oh, God no, Save God the, God the, is, save the King. No, she's not the monarch. She's not the monarch.
2: Yeah. She's and a, na- uh, the, the national consort. anthem changes. The, anthem the changes. national anthem changes. Oh, the national anthem changes. So we won't interesting. Say, we won't sing God Save the Queen. You'll sing God save, save the King.
0: Doesn't have as much of a ring no. to it. No, well, yeah, it's just, but it, yeah, it's the same music. Yeah, but still, it sounds nice to say "God Save the Queen." Well, it's because
1: all we've known.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. The last seventy years. All right, so talk to us about uh, uh, you're you're here at the Las Vegas Diocesan Conference 2022. You are our MC. I am one of the two MCs. You are one of the two MCs. I have an
2: amazing co-host.
0: Yes, yeah, he speaks
2: was... the Spanish that I cannot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah me neither. <laughs> so yeah, uh, well, that was a step out of my comfort zone.
0: Yeah, you looked a little bit scared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a, a little bit. A little bit.
0: David did it once, too, and he yeah, that was, he was a, a, it is scary. scary I could vouch for I, you.
2: I remember David being yeah. MC. I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I ever want to do that. But Yeah, then it's, it's
0: very scary. I was wondering how they got, how you wrapped you up into this. It's very difficult to say
2: no to. <laughs> is that what it is?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, too. So she's, she she realized that I understood that, and I would stretch myself. So she she asks me less and less.
2: So <laughs> but, no, it's been good. It's good to step out your comfort zone every it now and true. then. and uh, And I think... The accent helps. I get oh, absolutely, forgiven. It does. Yeah. I get forgiven yeah, yeah, a multitude of things accent. because <laughs> just yeah. because of the way I say yeah. it. Yeah,
0: I bet you could get out of parking tickets or speeding tickets. I, and stuff like I that would absolutely
2: play. I would ham it up so bad. If I'm just lucky if, to drive on the right side of the
0: street.
1: You're lucky. <laughs> I'm still wondering why the steering wheel's over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I, I think I've lost my skills of parallel parking, but. It's
0: you know. all backwards, I guess. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. But I don't understand why there are so many accidents here, though. It's
0: because people don't pay attention.
2: Your roads are so wide. I it's, know. It's, it's like it's, there's right? so much space. Yeah. I'm like, how are you knocking into each other when your oh, roads are like? And our,
1: and our roads are pretty wide, you're, even for American you're, standards. You're, right, your right.
2: regular residential roads are bigger than my motorways and highways and freeways. That's I what you call it's them. I think
1: mostly uh, it's because of the cluster of people. You're having driving styles from multiple parts of the United States.
2: Well, don't get me started on roundabouts. Oh. Oh, my gosh. You cannot do roundabouts.
0: No, the roundabouts here don't make sense. Roundabouts are an issue it. here. Yeah, you go over the hill. You go over <laughs> straight. <laughs> it's a ramp is what it is. You do not stop You fast and furious, this sucker. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's a little rough. Yeah, but we don't have a lot of roundabouts. There's
2: there's a few near me, and
1: there's like yeah. There's the big ones in Summerland, or the fun ones on town. But I would encourage
2: everybody to learn how to navigate a roundabout.
0: That's a that's a good idea. You go
2: round it. Don't stop on a roundabout.
0: I'm gonna stop from now on. I'm just gonna stop at every single option and just read the street sign and then go forward.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we're asking a question. What is the last uh, good thing that you've uh, like like thing that meant something to you or you really enjoyed it, like this, this move me in some kind of way that you either read watched or listened to or, or whether it's a whether it's a popular movie or TV or book or whatever it is what's the last thing
2: oh I'm trying to remember the book title now The Relentless Pursuit of Hurry or some. I, I can't remember I can't remember the title of the book now but there was a chapter on the Sabbath oh nice and I realize I've never truly taken a Sabbath. Like, I've never just rested.
0: And who's the author? Do you remember? Oh,
2: no, you see, I'm not very good at this, am I? That's okay. We have um, a producer the, called The Internet. The, the, the Relentless. Um, but no, he's, um, it's written by an evangelical pastor. Pasta, pasta, that sounds like the Italian food when I say it, doesn't it? Pasta, Pastor. Pasta. Pasta. Pa- pasta, 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 and pastor. <laughs> I, I can't distinguish p- pasta. pasta.
1: Pasta. But, um, anyway. Um. That's like saying Michael Caine, <laughs> but it's my, my cocaine if you say it like Michael Caine.
2: Oh. How I'm, he would
1: say it. Yes. Because he says my cocaine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael
0: Caine.
2: I was thinking about getting up on the stage and just talking like this, and I thought that would be real, like... That'd be great. Uh, Is it this one? No, nope, it's nope, not, that not that one. one. Um. The ruthless elimination of hurry. I think that's the title. Um, it's
1: really good stuff.
2: I listened to it on an audiobook. Audiobooks are the way to go. I, I'm trying to get. That's another thing I'm trying to do.
0: The relentless elimination of hurry. How to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive no. in the chaos of modern world.
2: No, he's he's he was a a pastor of a large, large, huge church. You know, rising. You know, given more and more responsibility, and he just got to a point and went, "I truly am burnt out. I need to stop." And it's kind of his tips. He he has some really radical ideas, like he only checks his emails once a week. You hmm. know, um, wow. that's kind of, you know, I'd be fired. It's kind of, well, exactly. <laughs> but but I think his point is like it's distraction, constant distraction. It is true, and um, yeah. And when you work for the church, Sunday is not a day of rest. No. But that doesn't mean that you can't have another Sabbath during Correct. the week. Yeah,
1: like a substitute Sabbath.
2: Yeah. yeah. But like a true Sabbath is, you know, just when are you fully present just to yourself? When do you give your 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 mind a chance to catch up with your body and vice versa, and both your mind and body to catch up with your soul? Like, we we don't. We have... I have my phone in my hand now. You right. know, we have constant distraction, and it's really difficult to switch off. But I'm—it it really struck me as something that we absolutely have to try and and get back into our oh, lives. Yeah. You know, but it's easier said than done, mm-hmm.
0: especially that's in been Las counter-cultural. Vegas. Right, especially in Las Vegas, because like whenever you think about like shutting down or taking Sabbath, a lot of times what people think about is like. Going outside and smelling the roses, and but you don't go outside here. You stay inside Cheap. in your air-conditioned, comfortable home, and where where all of those distractions are. You know that's that's yes. where the television is. That's where the phones are, and all those things. The, yeah, when the weather's this hot or yeah. whatnot, you don't do. Which that. is like ten months out of the
1: year. well, or it's cold, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but you're right. Maybe that's the time.
2: Is this that- the one? John Mark Comer.
0: John Mark Comer, yep. Yes. The Ruthless right.
2: Elimination of Hurry. Okay. The Ruthless yes. Elimination
0: of Hurry. Nice. That's
2: it really yes.
0: Um put that in the show notes. I sure will.
2: And then there was another one by Christine Knuckles. Okay. You know the sing- she's a singer. Um but she also has written a beautiful book that I've been trying to reread and nice. you know, it's hard. You know uh, you said all oh, podcasts are the way to go. Uh, not, uh, audiobook. Audiobooks. 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 Audiobooks are great okay, so but the time when I have a chance to listen to an audiobook is when i 'm traveling to work it 's the commute mm-hmm. you can 't concentrate on the roads, which you have to here, if you 're listening to something and then and you know, I like hearing it, but then I want to write something down, I hear the yeah. nugget, and I want to write yeah. it down, and by the time i 've got to work i'm my head 's moved on into work mode, and i 've forgotten that nugget of wisdom that right. I wanted to remember. And so I, I'm very slow at yeah, so I, getting I have rules things. about audiobooks
0: because of that reason. Because, like, I will not uh, – you know, at, at first when I started getting into audiobooks, I would, like, pick up theology books that I always wanted to read. I'm like, I can just listen to this. And I'm like, no, I can't because I want to take notes on all these things. And I want to go and highlight, and I want to go and reread this, and it's just not a thing. Yeah, it's a little different than if
1: you're reading, doing nonfiction.
0: Right. That's the thing. That's my rule now. Is so now, for the most part, I do fiction books, which I never really did fiction books in the past as um, audiobooks, because mm-hmm. that's more of like, okay, then I'm still enjoying myself and getting something out of it, but I don't need necessarily to reread or something. I, every now and again, I'll, I'll skip back and like, whoa, mm-hmm. that was great. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, it's it's just a story that I can read on and kind of like follow the characters and develop with them and stuff like that. I, I, I'm doing I, I, Crime and Punishment right now.
1: Yeah, but I think like what you're saying, if, if you're doing a lot of, um, like you're saying, Things that you need to take notes on and stuff like that. Maybe that's not the way to do it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, then we don't
2: find time to actually do that. Right. 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 Oh, you mean take the notes? Then we don't. Yes, it's like then you've got to find time in what is already uh, usually an uh, overscheduled day to actually then sit down and read it. Or if you're like me, I need to hear it and see. I'm more of an audio learner. So you know, my husband goes nuts with me. He's like, I bought the audio audible subscription and you bought the book like can That's you so not funny. choose one or the other and i'm like no yeah. because i want to like read I mean, along with thing. it you know um
1: i i'm thinking because it's just like to me i guess it if you want to take notes and stuff it doesn't work but for me a lot of the audio stuff works well when i do a mundane task like yeah. washing the dishes. the dishes is the big one i do like, that too i can wash dishes all day if i'm listening to a podcast because I'm interested in what they're talking about. If it's football or comic books or whatever, I can listen to that and I can and pay attention that to that because I want to do that. Now, I could also listen to like lectures or whatnot if it's not something so intense that I need to take notes. Not that I really take notes anyway, but it's one of those things where it's like I don't need to concentrate on washing the dishes. It's mostly muscle memory and stuff. It's like I don't need to concentrate. On I don't water. need to concentrate
0: while driving in the car. It's mostly muscle memory. Well, there's that too. <laughs> I used to listen
1: to I used to listen to a lot of books on tape, literally tape, because that's when I started doing it. When they still had cassettes at the library, and I would check out a book like Humphrey October, and it had like twelve. I do this so people can see on the audio. Yeah, but it's an Audio <laughs> medium, yeah. They have, you know, like 12 cassettes and a ta- thing, and I put a tape deck in my car just so I could listen to them on my commute from the roughly Green Valley area to the Summerlin area. Yeah. And, you know, you're on the freeway, and I could just listen to, yeah. you know, the the book and stuff. But then the problem is, yeah, there are times when I'm either paying too more attention to the road or if my wine wanders, that's when i got to rewind it a bit. But since it is a work of fiction and stuff, it's easier to stay on with. But like I will use it a lot for, like I said, those mundane tasks. So It's like dishes don't feel like it takes forever because I'm not paying attention to the dishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And doing the yard work didn't feel. Like when I go out and pull weeds, it wasn't that bad. Or cutting the trees.
0: Yeah, I do that a lot too.
1: Yeah, when I pruned a whole tree, I remember them talking about the Son of the Demon a graphic novel that, <laughs> where, where Batman has a child for the first time in the 80s. And I learned about all that kind of stuff instead of thinking about cutting tree limbs or just line your mind wander so I could focus yeah. on that. And that's when I feel like an audio book and or podcast or something work out well. But if you're using it for stuff that's so intent that you want to take notes and –
0: Right. But at the same time, for to, to Anna's point, like we do have to have that period of time where you can set aside to have that quiet time, that that's the thing that you're focusing on. you Because know, essentially what, what you're doing uh, when what I do as well in those moments is I fill – mundane tasks with noise with noise absolutely right? right and that's that is i mean like it's helpful because we can and it helps distract but that's literally what we're doing is we're sh- distracting yes um but and re- distraction is not um is is not rejuvenating that is uh that is what we've taught ourselves in our culture is like we need to entertain we have yes. to be entertained constantly right we so we talked about this the other we've day we've talked about this many many a time uh, since we need to be entertained constantly, we struggle in the moments where we, where we're, where we actually need to slow down and Correct. not be entertained to reflect. We can't self-reflect right yep. anymore, and that's a, that comes, comes back false, to the Sabbath. Absolutely. Why there is no, why people can't practice the Sabbath, because they don't know how to not fill their day with themselves and entertainment. Right.
2: I've realized as I've got, gotten older... I used to love the journey to work that's when I would put my my music on it wouldn't be you know the disney princess soundtrack <laughs> you know that with my daughter in the car or you know the the uh music playlist that both myself and my husband like it yeah. just it was my time I could turn it up do you know my rear view mirror would shake with the boom the bass boom, west side you know? connection for life and like that was forever. That, yeah that's how i'd get my energy <laughs> and and now i'm like no, I need peace yeah. and quiet, and that's what's rejuvenating. That's what gives me back my energy. And when it's just constant noise, 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 it's right. it is. It's draining, but right. it's become the norm. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's we multitask all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we need to get back just simpler. Like we hear the message: just live simply, live simply. But yeah. oh my goodness, instead, like we're
0: doing it, the opposite. It, we, we, we absolutely we f- doing the opposite. We fill ourselves. So- we've we've. we've yeah filled our schedules so much that whenever we do have the downtime we can't re- recreate so we shut down mentally we yes. we go to the enter- entertainment on television or the the mindless infinite scroll of the internet you know yeah. this is this is the things that we turn to to more of self-medication than it is actually recreation yes we we've lost that skill of of recreation and yeah. that's that's isn't <laughs> it frightening
2: when your phone pops up with you know your how many screen time minutes you've been oh, yeah. this week. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. or you know, check how many pickups you've done during the day. Yeah. And you think, yeah, I haven't picked up my phone that much. And then you see it's been like 284 times and it's not even 11 o'clock in the morning. And you're like, what have I been doing with my time? I know. If that many times I've picked up my phone or, you know, well, got yeah. lost down the rabbit hole of social media. If it or makes
1: or you feel better, some of that's probably just checking the time. <laughs>
0: That's why we all need to wear well, watches yeah, again. That's yeah. why I have a watch. Yeah, watches.
1: Because people well, go, "Hey, why mine's why mechanical.
0: It's not. Uh, it's not your." Uh, not I idea, I got, hey, I got.
1: <laughs> I
2: got those. Those are my going out watches. And those are my going. Technology my is ones. amazing, isn't it? It but is. Amazing. I do think and the, like coming back to our books. There's like the. There's an a lost art of like paper and paper media and you know i'm trying you know my daughter's 11 and i'm noticing she hardly ever reads she right. puts the subtitles up on the tv all the time it drives me nuts that i don't know why she too. does that's that a visual but, you know and she's reading that's what people say oh she's reading but yeah. i'm like no that's she's like she's not seeing me sit down and read a book like you have to model it but we don't see that anymore everybody's like got their face they might be reading but it's on the phone and i I think think there's a lost art to paper it's also tough too because
1: it's the practicality i know what you mean we need to force ourselves to read things but it's like you know back to comic books i got boxes and boxes of books in my garage and if i wanted something specific it would take me 35 minutes to find it if or i'm lucky just pick or i phone. pick up my ipad and i go beep yeah. beep because i'm paying a subscription to be able to da- get these immediately yeah. right. or you know i used to have even if i was set up it was a stack on the on your nightstand to read and now it's just all in there
2: but, but our brains are processing right. that right all the time like all the information now that we have to process and that Drains us,
0: right? And we talked about this on the show last, um, the, on our fifty-first episode, Spectacular, uh, where we talked about the difference between um, techné and virtue, and how um, they do. They are uh, techné is this idea of like technology and um, technique, this idea of making something um, easiest as possible, right? And that's that's the that's what our culture kind of thrives on. The, how fast can we get to something? How easy can we make something? How, what's the path of least resistance to anything? Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that it's, it stifles virtue. Virtue can only be grown through strife. And if we, if we don't have a way for us to strive for anything, if mm-hmm. everybody gets a trophy for all mm-hmm. the things, if everything some comes super easy because it's at our fingertips in our computers in our pockets, mm-hmm. then we have literally told our culture, you don't no. need to strive for virtue, ever. Yeah. We are, we're going away from even Aristotelian thought, where that's like, even if you went like complete pagan and said, like, okay, the, the point of human existence then is not the striving for virtue and not trying to um, uh, become the best version of yourself by, by maximizing the virtuous life, but instead it's becoming as comfortable as possible. As quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. right? That's yeah. wild to me. Yeah. That this is, the, like, how much, how anti-Christian, anti-human can you get in a society where that's this is, like, the ultimate goal? Yeah.
2: We're a bit of a mess, really, aren't we? We are.
0: <laughs> it's almost as if we need a savior. Neil, you wow. need to find us a savior. Sure. Who's it going to be? Not me. <laughs> I think it's Jesus.
1: I played one on TV. I, play, I played I, <laughs> I played, played one Jesus on many, skit. many skits. Some I died. Some I died. Some no, I, I rose from it. the
0: dead. Some I were fine. Sometimes I was on a scooter. <laughs> I don't think I did a scooter. <laughs> I would not with Jesus on a scooter, huh? No, no. I did do
1: the, uh, what's it called? Oh, no, I was Joseph in that one. <laughs> we did one with Jesus' little brother who every... Every uh, accomplishment he did, it would be like, hey,
2: I, I did this. It's like,
1: yeah, but you didn't feed 5,000 5, people. <laughs> That's oh, <messed> man. <laughs>
2: So 51 episodes. Yes. This 51.
0: is the 52nd. This will be 52. Unless we throw something in between. Unless we throw something in between. Okay. It all depends on how the editing goes. Congratulations. That's Thanks, Thank awesome. You. Yeah. We record roughly every two weeks because we can't keep up with no, every week, and then close. we take... I mean, I guess on average. We take summers and winters off. Because you
1: were
2: overscheduled? Off. Yes, we are overscheduled.
1: <laughs> now we have children. Well, yes. No. And no. wives. Wives. Yeah. Goodness. Two biggest mistakes i made.
2: <laughs> wives
3: and children. Wives and children.
1: It was so easy before that. I mean, I wasn't very stable, but it was easy.
0: <laughs> Life was so much easier when I only you know, cared about myself.
1: It was so easy. It was great. As we were yeah. pointing out, that easy is not the point. Exactly. That's why That's why
0: <laughs> families exist, because it helps you grow in virtue. See, I needed
1: virtue. So I was like, you know what's difficult? Getting married. Yep. I'll do that.
0: Yep. That's I why. It, and if you ask Lisa. Lisa be, is your path towards heaven. Oh that's goodness. that's it, man. Yeah. I'm her path.
1: I think she's earning years off of uh, purgatory, <laughs> dealing with
0: me. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Constantly. Yeah, and if you ask her, she'd be like, oh, Neil will be in an alley or something gutter if it weren't
0: for me. I used to go to those places where I'd find you in a
3: gutter. Shut up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we really did go around the houses with the topics today, didn't that's we? That's what we
0: that's do. That's literally
1: the
3: show. If yeah. you listen
1: to us. That's, that's why it's a Among ring, Wolves. Ring, you ring, don't worry ring, about ring, what ring, you're going to say. You just
0: yeah. go and go. There's so
1: many times. Yeah. And then there's so many times that it's like, oh, the point I was trying to make <laughs> six hours ago. Or I'll listen to Sometimes I'll listen to the shit. Well, I do listen to the sh- I never listened to the show before because I'm like, I was there. I don't need to hear it. And then David's like, did you hear all the cool things I put in? And then I'm like, wow, he really worked hard. I
0: better start listening to the show. <laughs> uh, the show is highly edited, yeah.
1: But there's some, <laughs> sometimes I'll sit there and it's like, here, I'm trying to make this point. Now we get diverted. I never finished that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Happens quite often.
1: Yeah. I wonder if people like Because, because we're distracted.
0: Oh, okay. We are distracted.
1: Because we're distracted. And Neil has ADD. I'm also got ADD. Yeah. Or, no, my, well, my mom said I didn't. But.
0: Yeah. Those I don't know what HD it is, but you got 80 of them. I don't think they thems.
1: had HD back then. <laughs> we had standard TVs with <laughs> rabbit hairs. So you only had ADD. You didn't have ADHD because yeah. there was no HD yet. Yeah. There was no high definition in your nope. ad- attention to deficits.
0: Nope, that's right. But but now you got it. Oh, you got right. 80 of
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many like retreats I've done that I'm trying to explain something, and then I'll be like, what? And then, then my friend Jim would go, Squirrel! <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes, yeah, sorry. Cool. Well,
2: thanks for the conversation. Yeah, Thank that was you. a good time. Very Thank nice you. To Me too. Have you never met Anna? No. Oh, No. that's
0: awful.
1: This is Neil.
2: Hi, I'm Neil. Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil.
1: My last name's Whitney, which is very English.
2: Neil Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. Whitney. You think that's English? Yeah.
0: Okay. You thought so until just Smith this moment, right Smith. now. <laughs> Smith
2: is English. Oh yeah, and, right. You know, Whitney. Yeah. Hmm. Whitney. That's a girl's name. Yeah,
1: I've heard that in grade school.
2: <laughs> you know Sorry. people find those things. Sorry, no.
1: Did, it's I, bring, all right. did no, I you did not just pick the, the trauma's staff. resurfacing? <laughs> it's always so funny. What was it? It's always so funny, like when you like when parents were like, Well we can't call him Joe because then they'll call him Joe Blow. No, we can't call him this. And then you're like, Oh, I forgot about my last name. Because <laughs> like <laughs> the lady at work, her last name is Portner. So she's like, she figured out that her son's name, and it's like, oh, they won't make fun of it at all. Forgetting that Fortner could become Fartner, <laughs> oh. and she's like, I never saw that coming. And I then did like, not see six that. Six years later, you, when they're in like, kids first will grade, always make her. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. They'll
2: find somewhere. And I said, it doesn't matter. He could have eaten tuna fish and been like,
1: <laughs> and been like uh, the office where he's like, hey, what up, big tuna? <laughs> I ate tuna fish one day. That's how I got big.
0: Alright guys, that's it for this one, and we have a part two coming up. It'll be in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll put out a bonus beforehand if I have the time, but I will try to put out a bonus beforehand so you can get some of the other content. Uh, as for our winner of the 51st episode Spectacular Drawing, that went out to uh, listener CK. If you want to go and find us on instagram and and uh, follow us there and like the post and share it and all the things that she she did that for the 51st episode and she won a 51 one dollar gift card for amazon so maybe we'll do another one of these contests in the future i hope you guys enjoyed this one we sure had a ton of fun interviewing a ton of people and uh yeah look forward to talking to you guys in the future god bless thanks for following